Grace, mercy, and peace be unto you from God our Father and our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. Amen. And Merry Christmas. We are finally here. The trees are up, the plans are set, and we are ready to celebrate. And we've worked hard to prepare for this Christmas. We've done things to our homes, gotten decorations ready and lights put up on the roof. We've got all the food that we need for an excellent Christmas feast. We've made all the right plans and know who's coming when, and even that plate of Christmas cookies still looks immaculate and ready to eat. And we're ready to celebrate. Christmas is truly a great and grand celebration in our lives. One that brings so many things to us. Family to see, songs to sing, lights and decorations to admire. But it's also a familiar celebration. You knew when you walked in the doors this afternoon what songs we'd probably be singing. And it's probably no shock that we read from the prophet Isaiah and from Luke chapter 2. And each of you individually in your own families have traditions, familiar things that you work very hard to make sure happen year after year after year. And that's how it was for me, too, growing up. We went to the same service on Christmas Eve. Christmas Eve night was at Nana's house, and then Christmas Day was at my aunt's. And because we had such a large extended family of cousins and great aunts and uncles and aunts and uncles and grandparents, and everyone knew we were gathering at my aunt's, well, all the presents would end up there. And come Christmas afternoon, we'd finally sit down to share our gifts with one another, and every now and again, we'd run into a problem. There would be a gift picked up that had been carefully purchased, wonderfully wrapped. If it was from out of state, it had been sent weeks in advance to ensure it was there, and the tag would be missing. And unless you had a very good memory of what you got every single person, it became quite an adventure to figure out just who exactly this Christmas gift was for. But it's also that way in our own lives at times. Who is your Christmas celebration for? Is it for your mom and dad so that they have an opportunity to have their children and grandchildren all together in their living room for at least one evening for just a few hours? Is it for your children, the little ones whose faces truly light up when they realize that that present wrapped under a tree, it's, it's for them. Is it for those who have maybe been less fortunate than us this year? Is it to give back to others who have maybe had a bit of a rough year? Or is the celebration even for God? Does he need us to be here on a Friday afternoon in order to celebrate him? See, the scope and the scale of our Christmas celebrations are grand. They're wonderful, but sometimes in that scope and in the scale and the grand nature of our festivities, we can be all prepared for Christmas, but forget who Christmas is truly for. So often we get caught looking at that scope and that scale that we can forget that this time of year, tonight, this afternoon, Christmas Eve, tomorrow, Christmas Day, this whole season is actually for you. That Christmas is not just a communal celebration, but a very 
personal event that God came for you. Christmas is individually important to us because of that individual who came for us. That is the reminder that the angels gave the shepherds that night, those shepherds who are watching their flock, taking care of their sheep. And the angel starts by saying, there is good news of great joy for all people. But then he reminds them, it is for a specific reason that there's good news of great joy. It is for specific people that this celebration, this great, wonderful thing has happened. It is for you this day a Savior has been born in the city of David, one who is Christ the Lord. And even from the prophet Isaiah, he speaks to the personal nature of the Savior who would come. That it is to us, to me, and to you that a child would be born and a son would be given. A few chapters earlier in Isaiah, he says that the one that, that will come will be Emmanuel. Something that Matthew reiterates in his gospel. That Jesus is not only with us, but he came for us. That he came for you. That the true gift of Christmas is for you. It can almost seem counterintuitive at times. Almost like it goes against the spirit of the season to think of ourselves first. After all, we've put in so much effort, spent so much time trying to make others happy. We spent the time buying the gifts and wrapping them. And we even go through great hoops, jump through them in order to make people just feel comfortable. Put on plenty of brave faces and maybe even, dare I say, fake smiles. Perhaps a not-so-truthful joy when we say Merry Christmas. We have done so much to make others happy that we can forget that this is a celebration for us. That God's gift to you is a Savior that comes for you. Comes into a world that is messy and sinful. Comes for people whose lives are messy and sinful. All to bring you a gift that has nothing to do with you making the nice list this year. He comes to bring you a gift no matter the baggage, the frustrations, the disappointments, the heartbreaks, or even the failures that you carry with you this Christmas. He came in love on a night in Bethlehem, and he didn't stop there. No, the joy of God's gift for us doesn't end December 26th. It's a gift that's here for us each and every day. A gift that worked very hard, went to great lengths in order for us to know just how much God's love for us truly is. It's a gift of hope for us that has nothing to do with being earned, but is just purely, freely given on account of just who this child is. What this child who was born came to do. One of the greatest but admittedly, most humbling reminders of this is in the great Christmas hymn that answers the question, what child is this? In the second stanza of that hymn, after we've sung about him sleeping on his mother's lap and being there with the angels, we sing the following words, that nails and spears would pierce him through and that the cross would be born 
for me and for you. We celebrate today not because there was some baby born that just stayed laying on his mother's lap. We don't celebrate today because there's a little town of Bethlehem, but rather we celebrate because exactly what that child came to do, he did and he did for you. That a Savior came for you. That God has for you a great Christmas gift. And then like some of those gifts at my family celebrations when I was a kid, there's no ambiguity as to who this gift is from and who this gift is to. That the gift of our Savior, the gift of Jesus, comes for you. A gift that was promised of old. Promised all the way back in the Garden of Eden. All the way back at the first failure. The first sin. The first guilt was brought to this earth. And yet in that child, God unwraps for you his love. And that is why we celebrate. It is so easy for us to get wrapped up in the scope and the scale of our festivities. It is so easy for us to get consumed by making sure that all the right boxes get checked for us, for our families this Christmas season. And it becomes easy to forget the true impact that that child has on our life each and every day. We can almost become numb because of the familiarity to the true message of Christmas. That God's love for us is great and that he sent his only begotten son so that we would know just how great that love is. And though it is a familiar message, it is still the greatest aspect of tonight. It is the greatest aspect of tomorrow. It's the greatest aspect of this entire season. It's the greatest aspect of our lives. That whether it all goes to plan in the next 48 hours or it feels like a Christmas you just have to suffer through this year, God has for you a gift. God gives for you his son. It must have been something to be those shepherds. Ordinary guys doing a relatively ordinary thing, but given an extraordinary opportunity. See, they went into town. They left the fields, they went and they found the animal stall, they found Mary and Joseph, and they found the child. They found Jesus just as it had been told to them. But what we're not told of is, did Jesus see them? Did he sleep through the entire encounter, as many of our songs seem to indicate? Or did he look up at them? One thing we know about ourselves is that Jesus sees us. And Jesus sees us for who we truly are. Jesus sees us and sees all the things that we'd like to keep hidden, like to keep wrapped up, especially around this time of year. Jesus sees those things in our life that we wish never existed. And yet when Jesus sees us, the look he gives to us is not one of disappointment and rejection, but one of love, one of sacrifice. That's the good news of Christmas, and it's truly something to cherish. It's truly something to celebrate. 
something to hold very dearly, that God loves us, God loves you dearly, that he sent his son to be the Savior for you. It is a joy to the whole world. It is good news of great joy for all people, but we shouldn't forget that it is a joy for me. It is a joy for you that in that child we see God's grace, his mercy, his peace, his forgiveness swaddled, wrapped up, and lying in an animal stall outside of a little Judean town. And we celebrate. And I hope you do celebrate. I hope you have a very Merry Christmas that you get to celebrate with friends, family, loved ones. Celebrate those who are experiencing their first Christmas and celebrate with those who this may be their last Christmas on this side of heaven. But as we prepare for our great celebrations, take to heart, cherish what God has done for you. That as hard as it can be to believe, knowing all that we have done, his love for you is there. His love for you is great. His love for you is seen in your Savior, the wonderful Christmas message we are familiar with. But we are reminded that the gift of Christmas is for you, because it is for unto you, for you, this day, that a Savior has been born, who is Christ the Lord. Amen. Now may the true joy and peace of God be and abide with you always. Amen.